the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Righteousness signed and sealed. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 12 is where we're at today. Join us for Abounding Grace as Pastor Gary Wagner continues our journey through the book of Romans. Righteousness is one that is signed and sealed by God himself. The illustration, the life of Abraham. You see, he was circumcised after he was credited as righteous. And that gives us a key indicator and look into what goes on here in Romans chapter 4. We invite you to join us today from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Let's catch up with Pastor Gary Wagner as we explore chapter 4 together. Righteousness, signed and sealed. Here's Pastor Gary. Turn to 1 Corinthians 10.16. Much of the church today doesn't really observe the sacraments very often. And the Lord's Supper, most of all, maybe once a quarter, maybe every six months, or just even once a year. I agree with Calvin. We should serve it every day. Of course, that then assumes we also have preaching every day like they did in Calvin's Geneva. And may God someday give us a better day. 1 Corinthians 10.16 The cup of blessings which we bless, is it not the cup of communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? In other words, there is a real grace that is conveyed to us. Why? Is it because the wine's got a little bit of magic in it? And the bread's got a little bit of maybe pixie dust in it? No. It is because through those signs, we look beyond them to the reality of the cleansing and the righteousness we receive through the crucified body of our Savior. It's by believing the promises, the blood and the body of our Savior become the true food and drink of our souls. And that's what Christ meant in John six fifty three, Except you eat the blood of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. We've got to have his life in us. Our union with Christ is a real living union. It is unlike anything we experience on this earth. We can only apprehend it faintly now. But Christ Jesus has so joined himself to us that how it goes with him is how it goes with us. That it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Beloved, right now we are hidden with Christ in God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But the full manifestation of the sons of God is coming. 
But until then, God sustains our faith with the sign and the seal of baptism and the Lord's Supper, just like he did Abraham with circumcision. And therefore, the conclusion in verses 11 and 12, the reason that God gave Abraham circumcision long after Abraham believed the promise was to give a permanent testimony to all men, Jew and Gentile, that this isn't for Abraham's bloodline alone. This is for all men. That Abraham would be the father of all who believe, not only of the circumcised, but of all. This was God's promise to Abraham. We see this in Genesis 12. And we always need to be reminded of this, particularly since there's so much foolishness in the church today about how we need to be real concerned with what goes on in Israel. We need to make sure Israel keeps their homeland. No, we do not. Especially not for theological reasons, and I'm not very persuaded for political reasons either. That is, of course, a matter of indifference. And you can certainly have your own opinion about that. But theologically, no unbelievers, and that includes the Jews, have any right to one square inch of this planet. Everything belongs to Christ, the seed of Abraham. Jesus, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy people, and from thy father's house, unto a land I will show you, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him who curses thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That is the true church. That is Israel today. That means it is not limited to Jews, but including Gentiles as well throughout the ages. Now notice in Romans 4 verse 12. The Jews can partake of this and they will. Paul says, don't get me wrong. He said in Romans 3, 1, what advantage then hath the Jews? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, he says. Chiefly because unto them were committed the oracles of God. Paul says, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not denigrating that God kept his promise alive largely through one ethnic family. But he says in verse 12 of Romans 4, I've got an important caveat to that. You Jews can call Abraham your father only, only if you walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had yet been uncircumcised. Paul noted earlier in verse 12, and Abraham, the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only. If the only basis that you make the claim that Abraham is your father is by saying, I'm circumcised. It is worthless. It doesn't count before God. You can wear your long robes and your funny beards and hats, and you can go to the wailing wall, and you can celebrate Yom Kippur. You can do all of these silly things in your cultural traditions, but it won't do you any good. 
because that wasn't Abraham's faith. Abraham didn't rely on those externals. He believed the promise of God. The language here in verse 12 is very, very dynamic. Paul says, but who walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. It means to march in line. If you Jews, and this applies to us also as Gentiles, but here primarily to the Jews, if you Jews want to claim Abraham for your father, you better get in line right behind Abraham and march according to his faith. How did Abraham march? God said, I want you to leave your country. He forsook the world. God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a seed of promise Abraham responded by saying, I'm an old man, but God gave it to him anyway. Decades passed. Abraham, I'm going to give you a seed of promise. But says, Abraham, I'm really old. Maybe you should look to Eleazar. God says, no, I'm not looking to Eleazar. One coming out of Sarah's loins is going to be your heir. Abraham didn't see how it was possible but because God doesn't lie and he is faithful and Abraham knew that. So Abraham believed in his promise. So Abraham's life was led and lived by faith in the son of God who loved him and gave himself for him and whom Abraham saw off into the future and embraced as a present reality because of the faithfulness of God. So Paul says, if you Jews want to claim Abraham as your father, then you've got to walk the same way. And of course, we've got to walk the same way, don't we? Look at Galatians 3. We better walk that way, I'm telling you. Everyone who ever goes to heaven will have Abraham as his father, spiritually speaking. Galatians 3, verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds, plural, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. The seed of God promised to Abraham was not a multitude of peoples, not the Jewish nation, but Christ. Therefore, at the end of, the ch of chapter 3, Paul concludes in verse 26, For ye are all Galatians, Gentiles, struggling against the Judaizers who were trying to bring everyone back into this Jewish fog. For all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, for as many as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor serve, there is sir, neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So Abraham, better be your father. Is he your father? Okay, let's go through this quickly. We've got to walk in the line of Abraham. If we're going to get to the heir who is Jesus, Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, have we embraced the promise of God? Are we looking to our own righteousness or to that which is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you see yourself as a sinner justly deserving God's displeasure? You will never look to the promise as long as you think 
well, I'm okay. In fact, I'm better than most, or I'm at least better than my husband or my wife. That's not going to do you any good before God. You can't say, well, I'm better than my husband, or I'm better than my wife, or I'm better than my parents, or I'm better than that guy that's sitting there next to me. God doesn't judge like that. God said everything in the light of his perfect, absolute holiness, and there is no covering from his wrath and knowing his terror. So I encourage you, deal honestly with your sins. Don't spend so much time looking at the world. It's filthy today. I promise you, there is nothing out there for you. The more you look at it, the more you will be blind to your own filth. And the more you are blinded to your own filth, the harder, the colder your heart will be to the gospel. And even if you have believed it for 30 years, it will lose its hold on you. And it will become a cold, dead orthodoxy. And it won't exert the influence in your life that it once did. How do you get back to that salvation being an influence? I've got to bring myself back before the majesty of God and see His holiness and His righteousness and His justice. And then that promise, that precious gospel promise, I will be righteousness for you. I sent my son, he has obeyed in your place. Oh, doesn't that come like a cool, refreshing water? That is what Jesus meant when he said, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst. But if you drink of the water, whatever the world has, you are going to be thirsty for the whole of eternity. But if you drink of the water, I give you my obedience, my righteousness, me. If you drink of me, you will never thirst again and even more. The water I give you will be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Abraham rejoiced to see that well. And we should be drinking of it deeply. We should push far beyond Abraham in our faith. Do you not think we should? Abraham only saw these things at a distance. But now heaven has been opened for us. Abraham offered Isaac as a type, but we have seen the Lamb of God crucified for us on the cross. God has not only given the sign and the seal to us, but he has sent his own incarnate son to secure the promise of that covenant. Heaven is open, beloved. So as for as much to march in the steps of Abraham, we, it will lead us before the cross, the empty tomb, the throne of our Savior's dominion in grace. Because the day Abraham wanted to see it, we have if we walk in faith. So what are we supposed to do with this? Let me mention just a few things. One, let's use it immediately as we come to the Lord's Supper. Don't just sit there and chew and drink and say, okay, I'm done. No, believe the promise. You must have Christ. The gospel is not for people who think, well, they're drunks. They need the gospel. No, you need the gospel. Christ is the bread of life. Businessmen, you need the gospel. 
How are you going to go about your business every day with an eye on Christ and desire for his glory? Unless at some level in your life, there is the sense of, I can only be successful and prosperous and diligent because the son of God was crucified for me. I've got to eat his flesh and drink his blood every day. I need the gospel all the time. Mothers, how are you going to raise your children and maintain your sanity with all the sacrifices you have to make? So much sleeplessness, so much hurt, so much pain, so much disappointment when they don't do what you would like them to do. Well, remember, this is important. The goal here is not mama of the year. The goal is Christ serving him, him crucified, him glorified, him raised to the right hand of God. Mamas, your main need is the gospel to eat afresh of it upon Christ signed and sealed in this Lord's Supper. Young people, the world is dangling out there for you. Satan has already laid his traps and they are sweet and pleasant for the moment. All the sins of our culture come with sweet lies and for you boys, beautiful women. We don't have to worry about the old taboos any longer. Throw off your clothes. Throw off your fears. Throw off your guilt. Just embrace being who you are, an animal with a phone and a tattoo. So just embrace it and enjoy the reality of that. Young people. Do you think you will be able to beat off Satan when hundreds of millions of people throughout the West are being dragged around by their noses with this little bit of effort on Satan's part? Little bit of effort on Satan's part. He doesn't have to do much. How are you going to overcome that? Because I'll grant that people who sit like this, like you, and listen to preaching today without a slide show and with no rock and roll for Jesus going on, are a small group in America. Comparatively, there are not many like you. It's easy to feel like we're so small. How are you going to overcome those feelings of despair that puts you into Satan's traps and makes you easy prey for his temptation unless you come right back like Abraham and say, It doesn't matter what I see out there with my eyes, for it is God who is true. He signed it and sealed it with his own promise. I need Christ. He is the food and drink of my soul. And then lastly, would we like revival in the church? You know, there are a lot of misconception of what revival is. I believe a lot of people think, well, let's get together and we're going to pray for revival. Let's pray that we will sing louder and that we'll have happier thoughts and that the president will make a declaration for Jesus. That would be a revival, they think. That is not a revival. A revival is something a lot simpler. It is something a lot calmer. But it is something with a lot more power Revival is when Christians who profess faith in Christ are regularly communing with the Son of God and doing it joyfully and happily who was crucified for us and understanding a little bit more every day that to live is Christ. 
And he must increase, but I must decrease in my job, in my family, in my private life, everywhere. That is revival. Revival is when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church and impresses us afresh with the glory of the gospel and what Christ has done for us through his obedience, his sufferings, and his death. And then everything else flows from there. Are you feeling cold? Art thou languid as the old hymn asks? Are you fearful? Are you prioritizing your Saturdays so that on Sunday you are here with the Lord fresh and ready to honor him in worship? Or did you spend your Saturday in frivolous activities and then waken too tired to meet with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Is your faith that cold? What do you need to do? Oh, well, I, I do need to do something. I need to do something new. Let's have candy store Christianity, something fun and exciting. You know, the Holy Spirit is not in that at all. The Holy Spirit and His fire come down in one place where the promise of God is believed. Remember Elijah and the priests of Baal? Do you remember who the priests of Baal were? They were Jews. The priests of Baal, Jezebel, and all of her ilk decided they needed to find new ways to worship the power of the beast. So what they decided to do was to shout and jump around and dance and to cut themselves and do all kinds of things to call upon their God. Baal, come and hear us. Remember, Baal means Lord. Baal means power. Baal means life in the midst of the chaos. But Baal never showed up. Why? Because Baal doesn't exist. It was a false gospel. Isaiah gets there. He has his altar. And he lays out his sacrifice. And that was the gospel. For Elijah to lay out the sacrifice, he was preaching the gospel. He dug a trench around it and filled it with barrels of water. And he got on his face before God and said, God, you are the one true God. This is how you told us to worship you. And fire came down from heaven and burned up everything. And keep in mind, beloved, Elijah is standing right there. But when the fire comes down, he is unscathed. Why? Because God saves his people through the gospel. His gospel. That's it. No gimmicks. So believe it. Preach it. Cling to it. Accept no substitutes and confess it. As you take this meal in just a few minutes, say, Lord Jesus, you are my only life. If I need vigor, you've got to give it to me. If I need to be recovered, you have to recover me. If I need healing, you have to heal me. If I need strength, it must come from you. And God condescends to our weakness in this meal to say, Listen, I'm not only giving you a sign to point you to the cross, but in the blood of the body of my son, I'm also giving you a seal to say. When you partake in faith, the bread you break is communion with his body. 
and the cup that is blessed is communion with his blood. Seek everything from the risen Savior because he alone is the seed of the promise. He is the well of life. And if you draw from him, beloved, he will satisfy your soul forever. Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.